Welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Roundup Rodeo. Welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Roundup Rodeo. I'm your host, Phil Llewellyn. Thank you for joining us for Season 3, where we explore all things sports coaching. Uh, slight change for this week, where we will be discussing the upcoming England Rugby School's Coach Development Days taking place throughout May. Uh, delighted to say the three main men involved join me, so if you'd like to introduce yourselves, uh, we will get stuck in. Okay, cool, Phil. Hi, everyone. Andy Wild-Smith, uh, so I'm England Rugby School, so I'm on the... Um, in rugby schools committee and i chair rugby development which is leading this amazing initiative uh i'll go because um i'm the oldest uh fletch uh, john, john fletcher yeah done like lots of stuff played a bit coached a bit hang out with rusty a lot and the magic stig on the um magic academy um know everybody on this call really well looking forward to the next 37 and three quarter minutes uh yeah rusty um dad uh, husband, I've got a friend who looks like Gerard Depardieu, um, and I've got another friend who looks like he's looks like he's really embarrassed, but he sat in a garden, big garden for two and a half hours with no sun cream on or a hat. It's bizarre. Um, how are you doing, Phil? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Yes, excited for this. Uh, Andy, I'm going to come to you first. Do you want to give us a rundown? Uh, what is it? What are you going to be doing? Um, kind of give us a bit of a backstory and, and tee us up for what it's going to look like. So it's back. Uh, so COVID killed it off last uh, last year, but the age grade development days are back, doing it slightly differently. So the premise behind this, it started off as teacher development days run through uh, England Rugby Schools. Um, and uh, God, I don't even know how many years, three or four years ago that it started, um, maybe even longer. Um, so we basically took, Took it, it as a roadshow, went to probably, what, 15 different places in the country and um, had different guests come along, Rusty and Fletch, work their magic. Um, and it was a chance for teachers to come together, get a bit of coach development, um, chew the fat on the game. Uh, and because of COVID this year, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get out around the country. Um, so it's all going to be done virtually. Um, but the programme, I have to say, out of all, I've been doing this, what, four, four years, I think. And this is the most exciting programme I think we've got. Um, we're going to miss out on the practical stuff, which is always a laugh. And Fletch, and Fletch tends to come off the pitch a bit injured and stuff because he's run around too much. But uh, it's um, I'm really excited about this programme and there's a lot to discuss. Fantastic. When, when are the days taking place and how can people sign up and get involved? So um, all the sessions are going to be launched on Tuesday. Uh, um, so you sign up will be available from Tuesday. They start end of May. I've got the dates here. Should come prepared. 25th of May is the first date. Moving all the way through to the start of July. And um, yeah, it'll be, uh, if you look on England Robbie School's um, Twitter account on the website, um, you can sign, you'll be able to sign up there from Tuesday. Fantastic. Uh, we'll link that in on the on the podcast blurb as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah would you people can just look there and and get the hyperlink straight into it. Uh, so tell me why why do you, why are you saying it's the best one yet? What uh, what is it that makes it the best one yet? Well, first and foremost, uh, so it's not just about bringing teachers in, but it's about coaches as well. So it's age grade, so that's why it's called age grade rugby development because it's about bringing um, everyone that coaches delivers runs rugby so together. 
Uh, and I think the, the, the breadth of the programme, so whereas before, uh, when we're going around the country, you would have a, one programme that's then delivered in 15 different locations. Now we've got about 15 different programmes delivered in one location. Um, so the breadth of what we can do. So it's, I'm really, um, it, and there's some really interesting discussion points as well. So obviously COVID's hit, COVID's had a massive impact on the game. Uh, people have had to do things differently, whereas before it might have been a bit difficult to uh, get people to to change their ways a little bit. And um, yeah, I think this has given us an opportunity, but there's going to be uh, two opportunities to discuss um, the impact of COVID and what that looks like and how we can use that to shape the game. You know, I, I speak to so many people about rugby and everyone has a different viewpoint. Everyone's coming from it from a different way. Um, everyone's pretty much united in wanting to do the best for the young people that play the game. But uh, I think now's re- now is the time to have a really open, honest, constructive conversation about how the game can come together even more. You know, progress has been made, but the game, it, it's not a, a club versus school. It's not a, you know, elite versus development. It's, it's one game and we have to um, get even better at bringing that together. Nice. If you tell me you've uh, you've managed to get Rusty and Flex to actually kind of create a plan and stick to it this early when it's not till the end of May, I will be super super impressed. So, well, from from my understanding, is they've built a framework and they're hanging these session plans off each part of the framework and interweaving and developing them. They've laid out their session plans, so they've got their plenary, you know, they've got their main body and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then the pigs flew and uh, we all woke up. <laughs> <laughs> we have been thinking about this to be fair. I mean, I think it's exciting because it's like, well, my kind of recollection of the teacher days are that some of the best days I've ever had really on the pitch because loads of people sharing ideas, getting together, and hopefully we'll try and replicate that in a in a Zoom format uh, this year and then get back together next year. What I do think it's also created is a real good kind of community where people share. So we're on a WhatsApp group with about 140 different teachers. That's like super active and got lots of activity during lockdown. And people are, I guess, as Andy said, like willing to try new stuff, share new stuff. Uh, we just did a piece of work with Ulster and the schools group there is exactly the same. And I, you know, my view is that, yeah, I mean, as Andy said, like we need to connect that up with clubs and, and everyone really. So that, and we don't just go back to what we've always done. The way I'm thinking about all of this is like it's a real great opportunity to reset. If, for example, the under-14s were playing ten aside for the last 10 years, we there wouldn't be many arguments to play 15 aside. So I think we've got this kind of opportunity to go, right, let's, let's imagine what's possible. And I guess that's part of the programme. There's obviously loads of other bits. So Fletcher's obviously got the curriculum in front of him and all of the... Uh, workshops that we've put together minute by minute <clears throat> but loads of other parts of the game that people have kind of said look we, we need some support with this so hopefully we're gonna it's gonna be helpful for some people That's yeah, yeah, the world, there's uh, there's not a cat else chance that rusty has the information in front of him as we said set pieces on there <laughs> yeah, well done, well done. Um, um so no yeah look we've as you said we got Good framework, spent quite a lot of time with Andy just sort of playing it out. And yeah, we want to cater for like schools who are possibly 
uh, just at a different stage, really. Um, have some different co constraints and, and and also probably the other extreme where schools are like really into it. They've got loads of support around them, um, quite a lot of tradition and yeah, just come together. I, I would say the same as Rusty, that some of the best days of the year when the all the school teachers rock up and the sort of um, eight stutter, 26 male studs and start charging around. Uh, we've had some great times, but really looking forward to it. It's obviously going to be different, uh, different formats, but hopefully we're going to get loads out of it. What was the thought before, uh, behind, I guess, kind of shifting it to be an age grade, to open to club schools, anybody at that kind of level, rather than just staying with the schools? What's, what's the kind of the rationale? Well, I think the main, the main driver really was when age grades sort of came in, there was um, a lot of work to get people to, you know, on the same level. And that's not sort of the playing wise, that's on a sort of mentality. Um, so we had a conversation again about three years ago about what that should look like and uh, bringing coaches in, you know, bringing sort of DPP coaches in, bringing club coaches in, bring it, it, rather than looking at it from sort of schools, et cetera, it's about the rugby community. And you'll hear that language throughout these sessions. We talk a lot about the rugby, the local rugby community, um, because that's that's what it is. And that's sort of the language that, that we need to get used to. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was really about if we're going to make a true impact uh, around these days, then it is about bringing that local rugby community together, um, because... What, what you'll find is that some, you know, in some areas, schools and clubs will interchange, you know, and, you know, you have club coaches going into schools and you have school coaches, uh, sort of school teachers that coach at their local rugby club. In other areas, it's very, very divided, very separate. Um, you know, they don't even have that conversation. And I've seen it firsthand. So it's just another way of being able to bring it, bring it all together. Uh, and I do think that for the rugby, so England rugby schools at ERFSU, um, you know, we, We've been doing quite a lot in the background to try and reinforce this, reinforce this message, because the game doesn't work if, if it isn't joined up. It just doesn't work. It may work in pockets, but it doesn't necessarily get, get, get us to where they need to be. Well, uh, can, uh, what do you think it is, Phil? Uh, what's the rationale? Yeah. I think people need to have those conversations. I would completely agree. I think it's something that you, we don't want to work in isolation. Like kids are kids. Nobody owns them. Do you know what I mean? I think I think maybe that's been a mentality that's been around. Certainly, even when I was at the RFU, it, it was still prevalent in clubs and schools and that us versus them. And, and I just don't think it's helpful. I think we've just got to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And yeah, it's a bit more work to communicate rather than just look after yourself. But actually, who, who are we doing this for? I think is a... You know, that would be my underlying question. Um, so a, a pretty, yeah, this might be a little bit too big a question to ask in the uh, 26 minutes we've got left. But what do you guys see as the main issues uh, within the the age grade landscape at the moment? And uh, what what are some of the sessions going to kind of be based around to facilitate some some solution finding? Yeah, for me, for Rusty. Rusty goes, um, yeah, just around the COVID, isn't it? The COVID stuff just in terms of like people being out of it for a long time. Um, yeah, there's going to be, how, how do we sort of get people back and integrate them? And some people would have had a, obviously different experiences around this. Some people would have been doing lots of stuff. Some people would have been doing less stuff. 
So how can we build people's confidence, notice people doing stuff really good? But we'd like just being a bit more mindful around the competition stuff. So when do we introduce it? How do we introduce it? Like, obviously, safety being the key. The game shifted a bit as well, hasn't it, with the sort of tackle stuff, um, which I think is going to allow us to be even more creative around the tackle stuff and the competition stuff, which I think is really exciting. I'm certainly seeing a lot in my club where people are like, and being a bit more creative with sort of integrating the boys and girls back together and around that team building type stuff and then also being really creative around the games around the tackle um, and I definitely think people are being less like sort of uh, macho about it since COVID that's what I've noticed certainly in my club uh, the mighty Tyndale so yeah that's it for me Rusty what are you thinking? Yeah similar I mean what I'm hearing from clubs and schools certainly that I speak to is that they got more numbers than they've ever had before. I think the challenge now is like, how do you retain and grow those numbers? And one of the limiting factors is like one's contact and one's competition in shoes. So the stuff that we've got around the ruck, the stuff we've got around contacts, coaching it safely, coaching it in a playful way. Um, how do you introduce set piece? So it's not just like some people like, me stood waiting to lift in a line-out. Uh, me and Fletch got to watch a line-out session a few weeks ago and it was pretty painful to watch, wasn't it, Fletch? Like, if you can remember it. There's a couple of people just generally standing around for half an hour. So, yeah, and how can we integrate that into other sessions? And then, yeah, as Fletch said, like, for me, it's the... And what does that look like in different environments? So, actually, having some choice around, look, what... Where is, where is your school or your club at? How can we then support you? Because it will be different for, for some of the bigger schools versus some of the schools where rugby isn't necessarily the main sport. And I guess the other thing that I, I guess I'm curious a bit about as well is like, how can we get more girls and females involved in our game as well? Um, and that's also going to potentially be an, an output of COVID. So same again, because schools have been doing touch activities, then lots of them have said, oh, we've actually got girls playing the game now. We've never had that before. So maybe some, we'll explore a bit of stuff around that as well. Have I covered the curriculum there? Yeah, you've done well. Almost. You've got, most... got most of it. I, know. Uh, yeah, I think Rusty and Fletch, they've both hit on a really important point. Uh, and that's one of equality um, within the game. So, you know, I think that the COVID period has highlighted some real opportunities to get new people into the game. Uh, so people that would have looked at the game before and gone, oh, that's for me. Whereas actually now they're looking and going, oh, that I quite like. But it has also thrown up a huge number of inequalities. Um, the women and girls game, uh, I think, I'll try not to be too controversial, but I can't help it. I do. do it. Be as controversial as you can. Yeah, I, well, I do. I do wonder, and, and as someone who plays <laughs> the girl game, girls game and has done for a number of years, as well as the boys game, I do wonder whether or not um, the women and girls um, have been treated in the same way as, as the boys throughout this period. Um, I do think that this this gap um, and this this sort of breakdown of of play has also meant that girls that would have played have now starting to step away from the game. I don't know that, you know, I'd be really keen to explore that. Um, and similarly within schools, see where, where schools 
have got are set up for rugby and rugby is one of their games and it's you know the norm they're able to adapt they're able to do new things they're able to experiment but those schools where actually they're right at the beginning of their rugby journey you know your local i, I can think of a local um sort of state school around the corner from me who have only just started doing rugby and they're really engaging with it but they're right at the beginning you know the teachers are learning the pupils you know they're all football 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 it also happens to sit in one of the most disadvantaged areas in the area as well. So, you know, this whole period of time, they don't have the resource and they don't have the time. And also they don't have the knowledge <clears throat> to be able to adapt in the way that other schools. So I do think that actually we've, we've, we've probably seen a lot of inequalities um, jump up here. And, and so going, going to, to, to the programme, the way we've done it this year, which is different to where we, we've ever done it, is we've actually split it into three. So anyone can go to any session, but actually we started to target um, some of the sessions at certain groups. So there's, you know, you've got your, your members of staff or your, your coaches who are brand new to the game. <clears throat> you know, they might have done a rugby ready or something, but, you know, they're brand new to the game and they want to learn more. They don't want to know, you know, how are you going to attack uh, attack the try line off the, off the top line out and, they don't, know, they don't doing, need a, doing a rush defence uh, under pressure and all this sort of stuff. What they want to know is, how do I do a scrum? You know, how do I get the, the kids interested in the game and playing and all of that? You then got the sort of the, that middle area where they're, you know, pretty experienced, you've done a lot and you want to, you want to develop, you want to get a bit better. And then you've got your sort of more advanced level where, you know, you're probably directors of rugby, head coaches, where there's a lot of experience and actually, they're wanting to, to get into the sort of nuts and bolts of things. So we split that. Now, some sessions will be for all three because actually you need all three, but there's more technical sessions where we've tried to target it. So I'm hoping that will start bringing in, because we need more schools playing rugby. More schools who get playing rugby, the bigger our player base is going to be, but they have to be given the tools to be able to do that. So hopefully that, that pays off. I'd like to jump back to a comment, Flex, you touched on just kind of the competition structures, I guess. So from a club's perspective, do we see this as a great opportunity to utilise better weather? Do, do we think that's maybe a part of it that more kids are more likely to, to want to spend a bit of time on a Sunday morning or an evening when it's light and when it's not, you know, cold and wet and miserable? Is that going to have an impact on this? Um, and is that potentially a way forward? And from a school's perspective, is is this an opportunity actually to to maybe you know look at non more non contact based games? Do do we think that is we're at a stage where there are there are more and more kids that are less comfortable, or maybe even parents that are less comfortable with the contact element of things? So where where do you may you guys maybe see see those two points? Yeah, I think uh, both points are valid and sort of merge them both really. Um, Clearly, from a skill point of view, I think maybe clubs have got some work to do on some of their pitches. Um, I mean, Tanger, our pitches are right next to the river. And I, I mean, I wouldn't do contact on them. So we move on to our first team pitch, which is um, it's the best pitch. It's got the most padding around the grass type stuff. Um, but yeah, I think both are, are apt. I think it's, it's going to give us an opportunity to A, play or have some activity this time of year, which is based around, you know, real focus around skill, especially on ball movement and, and like sort of the tactical stuff. So it's like people can just have much better conversations because it's not cold, is it? Um, 
So, so yeah, you know, we had the sort of the kids just on the grass sitting down, problem solving a little bit. We could take a little bit more time around it. Um, and then, yeah, definitely the non-contact stuff. I mean, my focus this time of year would be non-contact anyway. I think if rugby wants to move into the summer, then take away the actual finishing off of the tackle and a little bit of the set piece. I would take that away from it just because the grounds are so hard. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know if that was if answered your question. I'm not sure if I have. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that covers it quite nicely. It, I, I just find it's one of those questions, you know, you put it on social media or or it, it pops up every now and again and, and you've just got, I guess, there's extremes to any argument, but there are yeah. adamant, people are adamant you can't, you can't move rugby out of the winter. And yet suddenly, as you say, you know, we've got more kids than potentially ever before suddenly wanting to be involved in sessions and it's it's maybe just trying to harness that a little bit and, and how do we transition them in from you know clubs into school teams or school teams into club teams or um whatever. yeah I think it's a, um, I mean I'm not normally that controversial but I'm going to be reasonably controversial I think we can invent a better game than through the legs touch so I think through the legs touch and obviously he's going to disagree with this because he coaches the England team and he loves through the legs touch but but genuinely I think like this, this, <laughs> this offering around this non-contact game needs to be more based around problem solving, and it needs to, and we and we need more options. So, like level one might be through the legs touch, and and that's fine if teams want to stay on level one. That's cool. And to be fair, I know a few teams that would, and they say actually this is a great game, Fletch, and we absolutely love it. But we need more choice. Like we need a level two, three, or A, B, C, or whatever it is. Like we need, and it needs to be around problem solving. So we need to afford the, especially because touch often has mixed age groups and, you know, males and females. And it's just a brilliant opportunity for us to like play some other games than basically run into somebody, get them to touch you, put the ball between the legs and then play again. And that's, yeah, I know there's more to, to it than that. And I think it's a decent game, but I think we can do other games as well. What's your view, Rusty, from some of your coaches' touch? Um, You're like king of touch, aren't you? Yeah, I agree with you. I think we need options. Uh, I like levels. I think we should have levels of the game of touch. So depending upon where people are and their level of expertise. Uh, and also, Rusty, Rusty can, I, can I just jump in? Well, would you ever foresee a time where, I think it's a loaded question, but like you could have two teams and they're actually playing on a different level. So my team might be playing through the legs touch and your team's playing a different version of it. Don't be silly. <laughs> like, when would there ever be a game where two teams are playing different ways? Like, surely we're all playing. Yeah, uh, yeah of course we would. And, and, and of course, depending on where they are. Because I had three things I think we need some options around. One is that. The other one is level of contact. So why do we, for the oldies, have gold shorts? Why don't we have it for the youngsters? And why don't we have Hugby? And then that progresses up through and you get your badges, as you say, Fletch. And then... And then I would, I would also, yeah, I would, yeah, some more options around evening games up, if I'm honest. Like, why have we got ridiculous situations with? And then it was interesting because I spoke to a school today and there's a rugby coach, but he said, oh, we're using your tactical cricket cards and they're amazing. The kids love them. Like, they're really engaged. He said, the problem is we've got to play fixtures and the opposition don't want to do that. So I think we're... There's a couple of things. One is, and it's great to have like the RFU involved in it because I, I do think there should be some menus. Um, Fletch is quickly making them and getting them out on social media as we speak. 
Um, and I think we need to provide opportunity to connect people up like regionally and cross regions because this coach is also starting to think about his rugby season and going, I actually need to find some like-minded people. Like if we have 20 kids or 22 kids, we'd rather, and because they're a small school, we'd rather play two tennis side games because that's going to get people better quicker. Um, but it's tough when that isn't the norm, isn't it? It's tough when, when coaches aren't aware of all the options. And I imagine that would be really tough if I was a school new to rugby. Um, because where would you start? Like, well, we watched it the other day, Fletch. We watched some kids who've been playing rugby for probably seven or eight years trying to do a line out. Like one person was throwing, two people trying to lift, one person was in inverted commas jumping. Um, and it was, I didn't see a completed line out. And that was like 45 minutes of their lives and never getting back. Um, so we need to, we need to help people would be my view. I mean, what, are your, what are your views, Phil? What would you add? Any other areas you would add some choice around if you were in charge of uh, rugby in, uh, in England? Um, I, I mean, if we're, if we're being controversial, I, I think there's a, if it's, if we're talking about levels of contact, then I also wonder whether you could start mixing up some of the age groups. Because if, if as a kid, I'm making a, as much as an informed choice as a child can make, and I'm saying, actually, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be a little bit more aggressive because I'm slightly bigger and I'm stronger or whatever, or actually, you know, and I, I, I hate the fact we always kind of go, big kids want to play up and small kids want to play down. I don't even think that's the case that I, I played with some incredibly aggressive, incredibly strong, physically mature, short or quite, you know, small individuals, but they were more physical than anyone. So I, I, I just, um, I think it's just about actually giving them that option. I would have a, a, a bigger, a bigger range. And I, I appreciate there's liability and there's a huge potential, you know, black hole to fall into there, but that, that would be the big thing for me. Let's, let's just actually mix it up to, to suit your intent around that. Um, go on, Fletch, jump in. He was just claiming that that kid was him. And oh, I'm yeah. interested actually, Fletch and you, Andy, like the clubs you're associated with, because the other day, Fletch, we were at another club and they had, so the whole club was a buzz. So there was the oldies playing walking touch. There was the, kids that wanted to be mixed with their parents playing a version of touch. There was kids like my kids are embarrassed by their dad playing away from their parents. There was, there was loads of options and some clubs are currently running a, like, you know, you've got to have one adult in your team. You've got to have one male, one female, you've got to have one of the cults, you've got to have a, and then they'll maybe have a draft system for the adults or something. But I'm actually see this as an amazing opportunity to, to not only like grow the game, but also like better connect within clubs and schools as well. Um, I don't know what your experiences are, Fletch and Andy, are your clubs of that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna strip it right back and just play out a scenario. Football. It so with the game of football, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It, as long as you have some form of object that can be kicked, doesn't even need to be round. Doesn't need can be a. I remember playing uh, football as a kid in Liverpool with a, a like a sprite and coke bottle. So with football, anyone can play it, and you can go anywhere in the world 
and meet someone and have a kick around. So that's what football gives you. And, and they are very different sports if I'm playing out the scenario. With rugby, rugby, I'll tell you what, where rugby is superior to football. It's the club atmosphere. Because when you belong to a rugby club, you belong to a whole community. And that is true. And okay, you have your infighting and all this sort of stuff. But it, is, it does tend to be one family, one community. And that's the strength. That If you ever take something away from rugby, it's the fact you can go anywhere in the world, walk into a rugby club, and if you're a rugby person, you will be welcomed with open arms. And I've actually I've experienced that firsthand. The problem is you're welcomed into the rugby fraternity or you know, the rugby community when you play rugby or you have a or you are involved with someone that plays rugby. Now, if you don't want to play contact rugby, you are on the periphery. And when you go into a, a, a rugby club, oh no, I don't play rugby. I never really fancied the contact. Now, if you aren't a referee or you aren't a coach, you are a spectator. And you're, are you really part of that rugby club? So can you really turn around and go, I'm going to go to Argentina. I never really played the game because I wasn't really engaged in that contact. I didn't, that put me off. You're not going to get the same sort of reaction. So here's, the, here's, here's what we want to try and achieve. That every single person in the country, regardless of age, um, race, gender, sexuality, can play rugby and go anywhere in the world, walk into a rugby club, having said, I've played a bit of rugby. Doesn't even need to know what, ask what type of rugby and be welcomed with open arms. Because if we can get that, I can guarantee you 100% rugby becomes bigger than football. But it's a huge, huge undertaking. And there's a huge cultural shift that needs to happen within the game. Right? Because actually, this isn't a game for everyone, if we're going to be brutally honest. If you don't like contact rugby and you're not a coach or a referee, at best, you're a spectator. I might be shot down about that, but that's the dream. You know, that's the that's, that's where we need to get to. I think it's a good point. I, I've said this for a long time. Like, if you're going to create a game from scratch, coming up with one where you say, right, I, I'm, I, I want to play a game. I'm now only going to need to find 20 other, or 29 other people you know, to, to turn up at three o'clock on a Saturday and an official, like it's not, it's not designed to be easy to do. And, and, you know, uh, yeah, I think there's the, the, the flexibility element is a big one. I, I guess my other question then is actually kind of leads on from that is top tips for transition. So if we've got lots of players playing in clubs that maybe aren't that keen of playing at school, or we've got lots of players in a school that want to then kind of, you know, maybe, do or don't want to play club rugby, what would you guys be saying around how how do we get more crossing over from one between the other? Yeah, well, it's a little bit what Andrew's saying. You just got to make people feel as though they belong and people feel as though they belong if like it, like there's like there's things for them to do and they feel valued for it, really. People are like celebrated for being good at these games that we're now talking about or the activities that we're talking about. But yeah, you're right. You know, there's still quite a lot of tradition in our sport. It was, you know, we, you know, the world wars were won on the battlefields of Eton and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think. However, I do, I, I do think, and COVID's probably accelerated a bit that people are thinking differently, thinking are sort of being a little bit more creative, um, including the governing body. Probably think the governing bodies have got more to do. If I'm perfectly honest, I think they probably need to like stand for some more stuff and maybe be a little bit bolder with what they're talking about. Andy, I'll. Absolutely loved that. It was really like, like yeah, you got me pretty excited. Um, 
How often do you see uh, people yeah. playing tennis iron, Fletch? Um, yeah, not that often. I mean, even today, as I'm having a conversation with a coach, goes, oh, look, we're short of numbers. You know, the age group above, which was actually our age group, uh, were, oh, you know, they were keen just to play like tennis side. Oh, I'm not sure we would do I said, well, well, what about the 12 or 13 or 14 lads? Because it's got a relatively small squad. Like, like do, do they just stop? I mean, it's, I mean, let's just play something. Let's just, like, cut down the size and the space a bit. But I, I do think I mean, there's lots of the numbers around the adult. Under 13th pitch, we can make pitches a different size for age grade. And ten to all, yeah, yeah, got to play on a full pitch. Yeah, I think, yeah. Look, I, I, look. I mean, to me, what's the, I mean, what's the stuff that's really important? It's it's the it's the team stuff. It's the team sport. It's the problem solving stuff. It's the movement. It's the obviously designing games that are you know also you know so it it, it can't just be about um, agility and and sort of you know that you know we have to design games so there's some constraints or. Even if somebody is slow and as unskillful as me can actually have some success. That's all. We're just not good at game design, if I'm perfectly honest. Like we're really lazy around our game design and our scoring. And and um, I think we're doing some decent stuff in training. And to be fair, lots, you, know, you know, there are some people who are doing some amazing stuff. But generally, I think we're really lazy with how we're designing stuff. Like we have to design some games that are for the bigger boys and girls or the slower ones or the ones who are not quite that agile or actually like certain things in the game. Like, let's get more creative with our game design stuff. Or just get them to design them. Like, the kids wouldn't design the games that we're designing. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway. I, well, well, going off, off track a little bit, but actually it's probably going to come up in one of the workshops is I still question where the young person's representation is at club level, um, within schools and nationally. I know we've got the youth council, but there's a difference between having representation and having a voice. Yeah, uh, look, I, I still can't see the young person's voice front and centre of everything that we do. We still sit in the, and go, oh, we surveyed young people and we think they might like this. Yeah, look, and again, I think Rusty's done some awesome stuff recently when he's, well, like we're hanging out with clubs and was he just insisted that the young people come on the call so we can ask them quite frankly and we can get their insight I, th I think you're absolutely right I think I think we played it a little bit um it's certainly I, I've just actually an apologies I was multitasking I'm just sending out a like a message to the under 15 cricket team to say look who's who's coming along to, to help coach the under like the under nines like we've got to get um yeah we've got to have some sort of systems in place where like you young people have an opportunity to say what they're thinking and what they're feeling a little bit, but also get them involved with coaching young people. So, I mean, that's my vision of sport. Like the under nines just stand like, like the under 11s coach under nines or the under 13s coach under 11s. And it's just, they're just helping each other out a little bit, which is, I know what's happens a bit in education, but I think it needs to happen more in sport. I, was, uh, I, I was... think we need to change what a coach is. Yeah, I was jokingly going to say that in all uh, our few board meetings, they they have an empty chair to represent the child, and uh, they always consider what the child's thinking, uh, and that's a famous story. But that's not uh, the that's Amazon that do that, um, and it was the most um, <clears throat> powerful thing I heard during lockdown was the um, there was the Rochford hundred webinar with the kids on 
where one of the kids, I said, oh, if you had advice for coaches, uh, what would it be? And um, a 12-year-old kid said, uh, Rusty, what I tend to notice is that uh, they see the world through their eyes, not ours. I was like, you've just nailed it. Seriously, like, we are... Kids don't want to play 15 a side. Loads of kids don't want to play contacts. I've got loads of... Fred's 16, I can see... I can see all the kids that don't want to play contact. Like, it's blindingly obvious. And it's actually really, like, stressful for them, if I'm honest. Uh, but there are some games that would help them get to contact. There's some versions of the game, if we were more... If we thought more like we might do in the classroom, where we individualise stuff and we differentiate and goes back to Fletcher's, like, let's just design some stuff. Let's actually give people a menu of options where they can choose in the same way we do with the oldies. And we say, look, what colour shorts do you want to wear? Um, yeah, I mean, it's be exciting, wouldn't it? When we've uh, smashed it. it, it's Fletch, it's also triggered me. I mean, it's definitely the launch for the biggest rugby club in the world as well. Now it's like it's doubling up, isn't it? Yeah, it is no, no, I mean, I mean, like sort of Fox's tail rugby. Let's just play Fox's tail rugby. So the kids... So that's a transitional game where you basically, you just got to pull out this fox's tail from behind somebody. So you can obviously get reasonably close. And I think there's lots of, again, that's just, and there are aids. And I know tags were down the side type stuff, like the individual tag at the back is a, is a, is a, is a good transitional game from sort of tag into contact. I think we go from tag to contact too quick. Um, and yeah, you're right. And I think we've been speaking about it just like treat the kids as individuals, move them up and down age groups. Um, clubs should be having a big old menu of offering within rugby and getting your point, Andy, like it should be celebrated and everybody should feel as though they belong to this rugby club. Um, yeah. yeah. There you go. We've just, we've, we just sorted out quite a lot there. Done. Put, so, it, on the curriculum. Uh, put, put it on the curriculum. <laughs> I'm just um, yeah, I'm put it in the table. I'm just looking at the program because I'm just conscious of the time for uh, for Fletch. But um, I suppose going back to the the program and the exciting things we've got coming up. Obviously, we've got Fletch and Rusty spinning the yarn and working the magic. Um, we've also got Don Bell coming along as well to talk about um, the academies. Um, and it's the title of it, I think, is understanding academies' role, the work they do, and how they link into local rugby communities because they are part of the local um, rugby community and they play a really important part because a lot of what we've talked about is, you know, development, um, you know, and, they, and they're looking at uh, slightly higher up the, the pyramid. But uh, Don's going to come in and do some uh, really good stuff there. And then we've got Richard Shorter coming in to talk about parents, those wonderful things. So uh, Richard's going to come in and uh, do a session um, on that. So, and then myself and a couple of other colleagues at RFSU are going to do some stuff with Rusty and Fletch around COVID and um, there's a unit in there which I'm really excited about it's called uh, building a strong local rugby community and that's where we get schools and clubs to sit down and talk and hash it out and how can we get you know something even better um, so really really uh, excited so it's going to be a mix of technical stuff so some actually skills you know technical pieces of work and there's going to be some more sort of theoretical tune fat about about the rugby world. Um, so I'm, I, I'm really excited about it. I really am. And I just hope people uh, engage with it. Obviously, we've talked a lot about this and and the conversations need to ha carry on on 
on social media. That's what this is all about. So this isn't just about the days or the sorry, the sessions that we're doing. It's about in the build up. So we've got we've got a couple of podcasts that we'll be doing um, in the build up to a couple of the sessions. And the conversation between sort of 15th of May and the 1st of July needs to happen throughout. Uh, it needs to happen on social media. It needs to happen on WhatsApp groups. It needs to galvanise. I mean, Jesus, we've been handed a Willy Wonka's bloody golden ticket here. So uh, let's make the most of it. Let's not be Augustus yeah, Gloom. Let's be, let's, be, let's be Charlie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, just maybe... A- Sort of a, to add uh, or build on that, it's like, yeah, we can give direction and influence um, organisations such as RFU, ERSFU, the Magic Academy. You know, you know, we want to be influencing. So, like, what's the resources or what support can we give? Like, like we're, you know, we're kind of in a position through the RSFU and the RFU, and yeah, just to kind of go, well, look, this is a direction. Actually, we, you know, we want a menu of more games, or we want this resource, or we want. I, I think. I think it's an opportunity sort of to leave this. So hopefully everybody's going to have some good experiences and some good sharing opportunities, but I'm imagining there's going to be a reasonable sort of action list or action plan to come from this. So kind of go, right, let's take this to whoever we want to take it to. You know, we want a menu of games or we want more information around the collision and contact, or we want more resources. Um, yeah, I think it's a real good opportunity for us to sort of set the next three, six, 12 months of, of people's work, really. Fletch will be creating some 1331 cards and some 242 cards. <laughs> so uh, I'll be available to uh, to buy soon. <laughs> I love it. No. Um, last couple of points. Uh, so we've said available for any age grade coaches, uh, any cost at all? completely free um, all, all paid for by the England Rugby Football Schools Union so Mr Lowe is and there's some exciting news isn't it um, Andy is, is it still on that if they come to a few they're going to get a they're going to get some Magic Academy uh, resourcey stuff or is we're, that still we're, yeah we're, we're, we're working on that so uh, yeah you <laughs> might get some goodies so uh, yeah but you have to book a, yeah get some goodies um, it'll it'll definitely keep the stick happy. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll share the link. So England Rugby Schools website, Twitter account, we'll blast it all over social media. We'll put it in the blurb. Uh, yeah, anyone listening, get yourself signed up and get involved. Um, gents, thank you very much. That was a blast. We're five minutes over. Fletch, apologies that uh, you're going to get told off for this, but definitely. I've worth just got to go and me- I've just got to go and water the wicket. That's basically what I'm doing. I'm meeting somebody at the water of the wicket. <laughs> That's how I'm rolling on a Sunday night. And the market out for yeah. the under-15s. Just to increase the chances of the under-15s winning their game tomorrow, isn't oh. it? <laughs> they play better on uh, the wicket. I've, I've moved the chances from um, slim to <laughs> slightly less slim. Um, when you say that's how you're rolling, are you actually rolling it as well? Is, is that part oh, of the Nice. Yeah, good point. I should do roller. it, to be fair. Yeah, I should just yeah. do forward rolls on the wicket. <laughs> Thanks for your time, everybody. Appreciate it. No, Cheers, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. As I said, all the links will be shared. Uh, yeah, please, any questions, get in touch with the guys. Uh, but um, look forward to seeing you there. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks again to my guests. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Wish you all the best and go well. 